This is The Efficiency Point, a podcast from Modern Pumping Today magazine. I'm MPT editor Jay Campbell, along with our producer Richard Council. You can find us online at mptmag.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcast apps. On today's episode, we speak with Frank Steemers, an economist at the conference board and an expert in the analysis of the U.S. labor market on shortages in the domestic blue-collar labor pool. Also, we preview the March issue of MPT, and you'll want to stick around to the end for a special announcement. But first, let's take a look at some headlines. Our top story today concerns the spread of COVID-19, better known as the coronavirus. At the time of this recording, the majority of domestic coronavirus cases have occurred in the West Coast, and in response to that, San Diego's Helix Water District has released a helpful resource to answer some of the more frequently asked questions about the disease and its spread. For our listeners, the most applicable information is that there is currently no evidence to support that coronavirus can be transmitted through drinking water. Furthermore, coronavirus can be disinfected through the use of ozone, chlorine, and other treatment processes that are used in the traditional processing of tap water. It's best to remember that coronavirus spreads from person-to-person contact, uh, close contact similar to the flu, which is also a respiratory illness. That's the way the flu is transmitted, and as you know, every flu season, flu is not spread through municipal tap water. According to the Centers of Disease Control, the best steps to keep you healthy are to wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, avoid touching your eyes, mouth, or nose with unwashed hands, avoid close contact with people who are coughing or sneezing, clean high-contact services like phone screens, keyboards, doorknobs, steering wheels, and so on, and get plenty of rest to keep your immune system healthy. We'll provide links to both the Helix Water District's resource page and the CDC prevention guidelines in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Richard, do you have uh, any uh, tricks for uh, counting down 20 seconds while you wash your hands in the prevention of the coronavirus? I usually just find a really good intro song, so really anything. Yeah, I've heard that uh, uh, Happy Birthday Twice mm-hmm. is 20 seconds. I share with my daughter, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Uh, the intro to their album <clears throat> Flood is 20 seconds long, and, uh, and, and that song actually has, uh, you know, she's 20 years old. She does never... Mm-hmm heard of they might be giants not familiar with them but i played her the song and she said well what is this which i thought was funny because the song actually says this this is the theme to flood (laughs) the brand new album for 1990 and i said yo i think the lyrics kind of uh kind of explain what the song is so and also just google it you know i don't understand yeah you could just google it and well going back to your whole happy birthday thing twice i mean what if you what if you sing it really fast or slow. I mean, that's the thing. You don't really know what 20 seconds is. My thing is, as long as you use a good, hearty, antibacterial doctor soap, I think you'll be all right. And hot water. Make sure it's boiling hot water on your <laughs> hands. Uh, <laughs> parody, satire. Please yeah. do not. Please, <laughs> <Don't> listeners, <laughs> listeners, please do not boil your hands. Don't do that. No, no. just, just uh, follow the CDC guidelines. Soap and water, 20 seconds. Uh, hopefully... Uh, you know, our hearts go out to all the people that are infected now. I know it's spreading uh, pretty fast in some places, and they're looking for new cases all the time. But hopefully, you know, if we mind our P's and Q's and, and do 
mindful prevention. Hopefully, we can we can limit the damage that the coronavirus does. Uh, Our next story, the International Supercritical CO2 Power Cycle Symposium, co-sponsored by the U.S. Department of Energy uh, National Energy Technology Laboratory, or NETL, will be held in San Antonio, Texas at the end of this uh, month, starting March 30th and ending on April 2nd. The event marks the seventh symposium and will serve as a technical meeting bridging together uh, industry, academia, government agencies to advance supercritical carbon dioxide power cycle technology. The goal of the symposium is to create a network of expertise and technical understanding in the field. And the theme of this year's event is advancing supercritical carbon dioxide power cycles from the laboratory to large scale operation. A registration link for the event can be found in the show notes for this episode. And you can also check out more information for yourself at the uh, NETL's website, netl.doe.gov. Frank Steemers is an associate economist at the Conference Board and an expert in the analysis of the U.S. labor market. He's one of the lead researchers of the Conference Board's wage, population, and labor shortages models, as well as their forecast of U.S. economic growth. Steamers contributed to several conference board projects, including the reports Help Wanted, the, What the Looming Labor Shortages Mean for Your Business, Global Labor Market Outlook 2019, and the focus of our conversation today, Blue Collar Worker Shortages, Navigating a Business Environment of Higher Labor Costs. Frank, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, great. Thank you, Jay. Happy to be here. Uh, looking through the report, I noticed that it warns that labor, uh, that blue-collar labor shortages could extend for the next decade up into 2030. What are some of the influences leading to the shrinking supply of blue-collar workers? Right. So, so that is indeed one of, or that is probably the main insight of our report, is that we see that the U.S. labor market has become very tight now, but that we see that it is especially tight for blue-collar manual services workers. And we see that there are a lot of uh, structural supply trends coming together that we think that it is not a coincidence that the labor market is tight right now and that we actually believe that it is probably going to be tight for the next 10 years at least. Um, So maybe to give a very quick overview, um, because we have seen the U.S. labor market move from 2010 just after the Great Recession from a very loose labor market with very high unemployment rates, a lot of people looking for work to now one of the tighter labor markets. Um, but low unemployment rates, a lot of companies have recruitment difficulties. Um, but we see that these recruitment difficulties are most visible for blue-collar manual services workers and less visible um, for the what we call the highly educated management and professional occupations. And does, so, that so break down so maybe, the same yeah. across, does that break down the same across demographic lines or is it changed by age? So, so we, we find that it is... Um, so maybe it, it, it has to do mostly with the working age population, how fast that has been growing. So what we see is that um, we, of course, now have the retirement of the baby boomers. So a lot of people are exiting the workforce right now. So what that means is that uh, currently we almost have no growth anymore in the working age population. So that means that uh, the pool of potentially available workers to work in across all occupations is shrinking. Now, what we find is, however, that when we look when we divide this working age population in those uh, in people that have a bachelor degree for your bachelor degree uh, or higher or people that have uh, less than a bachelor degree so that there are people that are generally working in blue collar manual services occupations we see that that supply has already started to shrink 
And this is mostly a trend that has to do with the U.S. population that is getting more and more educated. So we see a lot of young people going into college. Um, and these college students that enter the labor market, they are generally less interested to take on these blue-collar or manual services jobs. Is that affecting the recovery in terms of the overall labor force participation? So that's yeah no that's that's a very interesting question because it's you would expect that when an, um, a labor market is getting tighter um, uh, and wages are rising that more people would also be willing to participate in the labor market so that is what we mean with labor force participation rates because basically the people that are either working or actively looking for work now what we have seen is is that there is indeed some recovery in participation rates so we see more women participate in the labor market. And more men, but these participation rates are actually still lower than they were before the Great Recession, and actually uh, a few percent lower than they were in the late 90s. So this indicates to us that there is still a lot of potential for mo more uh, growth there. Um, and if we compare it, for example, to other mature economies, like in Europe, Japan, where there are also aging populations, their participation rates have actually been gradually improving over time, uh, and are higher than they were um, uh, in the previous decades, where in the U.S. it has picked up, but it is still fairly disappointing, and, and it is especially uh, it has especially not been picking up um, for in the uh, labor force participation rates for people without a bachelor degree. But the report also says that there's a rising demand for blue collar labor. So, what what are the leading employers doing to seek those workers out? Right, so the the rising demand, like this, this all these supply side uh, trends that would not have been a problem if the demand would still be there, um, or if the demand would not be there. But what we have seen is is that there is actually still very strong demand for uh, blue collar workers. So this all comes back to what we see, what is happening to innovation, and some projections. Uh, we're telling us that um, a lot of blue-collar occupations would be replaced in this decade, um, um, would be would get automated. But what we have seen actually is that, that this seems to be much more difficult. So productivity growth, what we often look at to get an understanding of how many jobs get automated or how many in innovations we have um, around companies, then we actually see that this has been the slowest productivity growth decade in a very long time. So when you as a company, as a company, you're not getting much more productive, so you're not getting much more out of your existing workers, then the only way for you to increase production is to hire more people. So this is also what we have, uh, uh, what we have seen is happening in manufacturing, for example. Uh, after decades of decline in job growth, we now actually this decade saw some, not a lot, not very strong growth, but some growth in manufacturing employment, especially in transportation. We see strong growth, of course, with uh, uh, e-commerce uh, getting more important around uh, the US. So that is why we see that um, with the shrinking supply, but still strong demand, there's especially uh, a lot of pressure on blue collar workers. So you're finding that even even with the uh, specter of automation coming over the horizon, there's still a lot of blue-collar demand out there that's not being automated away. Right, and and yeah, exactly. And 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 I think that um, we hear, of course, a lot of talk about uh, robots, about AI. Um, 
But when we look actually at job growth over the last decades, saying construction occupations, repair, maintenance, um, uh, transportation, production occupations, then in many of these occupations, we actually still see positive job growth. So this also shows that it has been very difficult to automate many of these tasks. And uh, part of this may be related to um, that we had very weak wage growth, um, say up to five years ago. Um, so that was so that gave companies less reason to automate because labor was cheap. Uh, now that we see that wages are accelerating, this will maybe give another incentive to companies to think again, and maybe they will now try and implement some labor replacing technologies. Um, but so far, I think one of the other main messages from our report is that employers, but also workers, should be less focused on robots taking over because at some point maybe it will happen but we don't know if that will happen in the next 10 years or 50 years um, seems we've been hearing that now, story more, since uh, yeah. since the replacement of buggy whips uh, right <laughs> yeah so how have these conditions played out on the job market so far and and what are the trends you see taking shape going forward to uh, I mean the, the forecast projects all the way out for the next decade so it's I think like the supply trends that we're talking about, about the shrinking supply uh, that is as a result of the retirement of the baby boomers, that is not something that will get reversed over the next 10 years. So uh, maybe to start from a worker's perspective, what we see is that maybe on a national level, we see that wages are, they are rising, um, but not for all groups where we see that wages are rising the fastest, that is actually for uh, those blue-collar workers, uh, workers in manual services occupations, uh, also some sales and office occupations, and less so in the highly educated occupations. Um, so, and we also see that, for example, uh, people who are now switching jobs uh, are receiving very strong pay increases. So we also expect that in this decade, that when we expect that the labor market might uh, be tied for a much longer time, that more and more people will take the chances and find a new job and look for better opportunities. And the report collected information from over 200 companies. What has proven to be a successful strategy or multiple successful strategies for attracting blue-collar workers today? So I think like the number one strategy uh, companies has been have been taken is to increase salaries and wages. Um, but at the same time, they've also noticed that this has not been enough. Um, so some other steps they have been taking are uh, more technical recruitment solutions. So they use, for example, more companies are using referral programs. Um, they're using social media more. Um, they're outsourcing or asking staffing firms to help them. Um, some employers are also downskilling, as we call it. So they're allowing now people with lower educational attainment or lower experience uh, to just start in some occupations because they have very hard time finding qualified workers. Um, they're increasing training. They're uh, trying to make it easier for uh, people to get promoted. So talent pipelines. Um, and one other that I want, uh, one other um, solution companies are implementing is that they're trying to make the workplace more flexible. So they are allowing for remote work um, or more flexible starting or end times. 
So that, that are a few examples of what companies are now doing based on our survey. Well, I think that's something that our listeners could definitely make use of. And uh, Frank, before we go, uh, would you like to tell the uh, listeners where they can find more of your work and more about the conference board? I think the best way to see more of our work is just to go to our website, which is uh, conferenceboard.org. And there you can find um, work on our global economy on um, uh, and on a lot of other works and on the work that I've been working on mostly on labor markets. Well, Frank, thank you so much for the work you're doing and thank you for sharing it with us. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you for having me in your show. If you're not a current subscriber, there's still time to sign up for a free 12-month subscription starting with the March issue by visiting mptmag.com and clicking on that subscribe tab. In this upcoming issue, we have the first part of a two-part series on pump curves for multi-branch systems, as well as an in-depth look at maximizing the benefits of running submersible wastewater pumps with variable frequency drives. But before we go, uh, this is a special announcement we have to make. Our longtime producer, our first-time producer, from episode one all the way to today, Richard Council, this is his last day uh, working for our parent company, Highlands Publications. He's moving on to bigger and brighter and better things. Uh, we're very proud for him, but more importantly than that, we're also very thankful for all the hard work that he's put in uh, to making this podcast a reality. Uh, folks, there are hours of labor to go into this, uh, to, to put this off that you don't get to hear. Uh, but Richard, I'm aware of all the hard work you do, and I want you to know that uh, even though the listeners never never hear uh, uh, the labor that you put into it, I appreciate it, and thank you so much for all your hard work. You want to say uh, goodbye to the folks before you ride on into the sunset? <laughs> It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our very specific podcast. It's been fun. We've learned a lot. Uh, I know I have. Uh, Jay knows a lot more about it than I do, but uh, we've got somebody who's going to take my spot that uh, I'm sure he's really excited. He's sitting here today, so he's uh, learning the ropes. And right, Richard sh- has a shadow. Our I, new do, I do have a shadow. Yeah, the new producer is uh, we're going to leave that a secret and let Jay <laughs> tell you guys. But, uh, but it's been fun, and uh, everybody stay safe and enjoy the water world. Folks, we're not really leaving it a secret. We just don't have an extra set of headphones in the studio That's right, today. yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been The Efficiency Point, a podcast from MPT Magazine. Follow us on Twitter at ModPumpMag for updates on our next episode. Today's episode was produced one last time for all time by Richard Council. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Campbell. Thank you for listening.